I'm thinking like to appeal to the VCs, we might have to go with something like AWS, but for humans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I like it. Well, it's it's kind of like Mechanical Turk in 3D, right? Like it's Mechanical Turk in 3D. Yes. Welcome to the One Weird Thought uh, podcast with Kieran and Vijay. Uh, each week, uh, Kieran and I uh, discuss a weird idea and we take turns to, to posit a, a thought and we write it up in a, in a Substack post and then we join together and, and discuss, dissect in some other D. Kieran, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I think the last time it was a distill. Oh, is a distill. Right. I don't know if we do a lot of distillation in well, this podcast. I think we, we expound, if anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, perhaps we're educating and expounding and providing elucidation. Ooh, I like it. So for, for you know, first-time listeners, uh, Kieran and I, Kieran started a trend last week of doing the introduction with alliteration. For some reason, he started with the letter D. Uh, today I've extended that through my clever use of the layer E. Uh, Kieran's going to be up on deck next week with Fs, which is going to be fantastic. It should be good. It should be good. Perhaps fabulous. I could throw in a fabulous next week and that would not be remiss. There you go. So uh, this week's Weird Thought is about making indentured servitude cool again. Right, so uh, that's my kind of uh, morbid title, right, for this idea. And the basic concept is that we're on a indent- we're on a march towards indentured servitude, and we're going to go happily skipping towards it because it's going to be packaged with a slick app, and it's going to have the prettiest of altruism bows uh, wrapped around it. I, I think you you may have the award for a, a idea most likely to get us cancelled as a show. So I, I, I don't know if yeah, I can well, formally present that to you yet because we've only done a few of these, but I, you're, you're, this is yeah. a strong idea uh, for, that, for that particular category. Yeah, it, it's this, there, there, there is a, you know, I'm starting to sense sometimes there's this thread that runs through our discussions which is morbidly interesting and troublingly... Yeah plausible you know and uh each week the problem yeah, with the idea. and i attempt to grow our audience yes yes it was yeah too and, and i think it's my fault Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yes yeah 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 it's it, it, it's it's way too plausible and maybe i've planted a seed in some sick bastard's head to go make this happen right and so i, I was know, hoping you would buy the happy helper here. domain name just so you know, just to save, just to save mankind. Yeah, you could save mankind by buying that start? domain name. Uh, Kevin, before we kind of like deep dive into the subject, uh, I want to point out that I ran into a weird issue with uh, Midjourney while I was uh, while I was exploring this topic. Um, when you check out my ChatGPT 
first of all, you'll you see with ChatGPT how I uh, wasn't able to get me uh, get it to build me an app uh, for indentured servitude. Uh, yeah. I kind of dropped my screenshot at my attempt. You morally offended ChatGPT itself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. AI is offended by me. But then I got subsequently offended by AI. Uh, so with Midjourney, I tried to get it to draw me a picture and I, I framed it as something like a powerful black woman sneering at a white man while he's, um, I think I said, doing chores around her house. And it was really hard. It, wouldn't, it would not do it. It was so weird. It insisted Right, one, that she had a broom. I just kept giving her a broom. Are you serious? Right, and two, right, it, yeah, it wouldn't let him be like the servile dude. Like, at one point, like, it looked like they had both, you know, had a really swanky party, and he was, like, wearing a really nice shirt and, and black trousers, and they were kind of, like, doing something together. And then uh, there was another version of it where they were both sitting on the sofa together. Oh, wait a second, he's supposed to be doing the work. Right, uh, and then there was a fourth scenario where he was like sitting on the floor, like you know they were just kind of relaxing while she was sitting on the sofa. But he was still dressed up, and I got quite specific. I'm gonna give him a Best Buy polo shirt so he looks like he's labor, you know. <laughs> and it just couldn't come through for me. Man, I would argue. So in, I, I thought in that an was effort interesting. to thwart your racism, Mid Journey revealed how racist yeah. it is. Perhaps you know, or, or perhaps what it's doing is it's looking ahead. Right, and it's saying, look, these people are going to be subjugated, and it's going out one step ahead of us, and it's trying to nip that in the bud. Right, so that that could be a glass half full, but I I, I tried quite hard, and I gave up, you know. So anyway, kind of put that in my bucket of weird history for these kind of AI tools, which somebody someday is going to look at. And, the and then I saw that you used Dolly too. Am I am I right? Did you switch from Mid Journey to another? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, it wasn't that great, to no. be honest. And uh, no, not really. But enough about that, right? Let's let's kind of dive into this topic, right? So the first question is, you know, really, we're 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 heading towards indentured servitude. I thought we were done with that. And I think the answer is yes. And I think there are, there are warning signs all over the place, right? And I, I think the first nail in the coffin that I would like to present is what's going on with the gig economy, right? We have 57 million workers who participate in this gig economy today, right? And their lives are not very good, right? They probably make on average about 15 bucks an hour, right? Um, and they have no benefits, Right, and they don't have a normal work day, right? They're working, you know, every, you know, every moment they can. And I'd heard anecdotally uh, from an Uber driver in San Francisco that their lives are starting to look increasingly like the tuk-tuk drivers uh, in India. You know, like uh, if you look at night, like you'll see these tuk-tuk drivers like slumped over in their tuk-tuk, sleeping in there, right? They live in these things, right? And when I was talking to this guy who was working out in San Francisco, he told me about uh, a few different models, right? And he said, a lot of these folks were driving in from Sacramento, which is a couple of hours away. And then they would do one of two things. 
either A, they would sleep in their cars, or B, uh, they would go rent a room and kind of go, you know, 11 people in, in, you know, in a one or two bedroom apartment, right, and share that because that's what they could afford. And then, you know, at the end of a week, I guess, they would go back home to, you know, Sacramento. Right, so these people's lives suck. They really suck. You know, and, you know, you think about it. I, I use Uber, right? Uh, you know, I'm a beneficiary of the gig economy, right? Uh, I use DoorDash. You know, I use Amazon Prime, right? You know, as this kind of middle-class person, I'm a, I'm a real beneficiary of these people. Yeah. But they're expected to kind of like on, you know, the drop of a dime, right? They just kind of show up, uh, you know, just show up at my door, bringing the thing that I have, you know, summoned them or ordered them to bring me, right? And their lives are kind of precarious, right? They're supposed to bring it and kind of be grovelly when they, when they make this offering to me, you know, and God help them, you know, if they're having a hard day, right? Because I might give them a bad ring or they might get a crap tip from me. And that tip, which is supposed to feel optional and supposed to be like, hey, thanks for a job well done. We all know they kind of depend on that money too, right? And so, and, and if, you, if you look at what happened when, when, these, when these businesses were built, especially when you look at Uber, these were barren, like these are rubber barren companies. Like they went out, willfully broke the laws of the cities that they went to, t- that they went to go operate in. And did this thing anyway, because they knew the middle class would be with them, yeah. right? And ultimately, right, you know, major cities kind of kind of accepted them. In the end, I mean, because like, the ma- like, major cities, the, a lot of the yeah. decision-making power is with the middle class. And um, I am reminded of, yeah. there's a, a similar service in India for food delivery called Swiggy. And Swiggy ran this ad mm-hmm. where delivery drivers uh, would show up at a famous person's house, right? So they would knock on the door. And I think one person they used was Rithik Roshan. They knock on the door, Rithik Roshan opens it. The Swiggy yeah. delivery person happens to be a huge Rithik Roshan fan. So uh, yeah, they ask for an autograph. Unfortunately, by the time Rithik goes to get his pen, the Swiggy delivery guy has gotten another order. So he leaves. And then this was about how servile the gig economy workers are. And it was just wild. Yeah. And I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying, right? Like, I think when these companies were created, they had so much VC funding that they could price uh, being a gig worker. Um, they could price it effectively, right? So it feels like you could enjoy yeah. a good life. And then slowly over the years, as the drive to profitability happens, they start chipping away at, um, on the edges. And it's just starting to look kind of rough. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, you, you could argue, right, like certainly for some people, right, like this augments their income. Right. But it does beg the question, well, why do they need their income augmented in the first place? Right. What's wrong? Yeah. Right. Um, um Okay, so I have a question. So for, I think from the Uber company or any of these gig economy companies' perspective, don't you think Mm. they think that they're doing the right thing, right? From their perspective, they're like, hey, these people wouldn't have jobs anyway. We're actually providing a new form of employment. Mm. And like you said, we're supplementing income for a lot of people. 
so they can be taxi cab drivers by day and then Uber drivers by night. And so I guess that's double the income. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is yeah. more I, of a I, systemic problem or do you think it's like corporate greed or like where do you do you place blame anywhere or you're just saying, you know, this is an inevitable thing based on our social structure right now? Well, I mean, I think we have a very kind of hands off approach to our economy. Right. And, you know, the free market rules everything and we're not allowed to intervene on behalf of humans. At all because there's this machine that we're continue that we're required to continue to feed, and the reason why I think I, I think the Uber and and Lyft I think approach is disingenuous in particular is they've been very clear from the outset right, that they were going to go big on autonomous vehicles, right? And I think had they achieved their plans, right? Remember they were investing really heavily in that space because they yeah. want to get rid of the drivers. The drivers cost them a fortune. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so no, I, I don't believe they believe they're doing anybody a favor at all. And I think if the drivers felt they were doing them a favor, they wouldn't keep, you know, trying to unionize and, and go after basic rights that normal employees have. Right. Remember there was that huge fight over, oh no, these aren't employees. These are 1099, uh, vendors, right? Like, uh, that's true. Right. And you know, what kind of bullshit is that? Right. It's just wrong. It's wrong. So Anyway, that's that's kind of one component of the workforce that, that I worry about, right? And and I think serves as a model, right, for people, you know, doing work on demand and only being paid for the moments that they're working and not being paid at all, right? Yeah. Um, uh, then the other model, right, that we see is what's going on with hourly workers, right? If you look at companies like uh, retail companies, right? Good luck trying to get full-time employment, even as an hourly worker at, at, a, at a retail establishment, right? The cutoff is 32 and for some reason, everybody's getting 31 hours max, right? And God help you in January because you're not getting hardly any hours in January. And somehow you're supposed to suffer through this and every week your hours change. God knows what's gonna happen week over week for you. Right? And there's another example of like, certainly in the US, where there's no, there's nobody looking out for the employee, right? It's like, you know, we've given you, right? What, what's the what's the right wing uh, move, right? Oh, you have the right to employment. Say, well, thanks. Yeah. You know, how about right to decent employment would be nice, right? No, right. The minimum, the, the maximum they're willing to do is, you know, give you a job, right? And my, you look at the people are living, right? It, yeah. it's, it's a good point. Like the hourly employee can be a um, basically a straitjacket, right? You, you're if you're living hand to mouth, hourly working is terrible. However, at some income level, and you have to kind of define it. At some income level, it gives you tremendous flexibility. And I'm talking personally, right? Like I prefer working hourly at some level because maybe I only have to work a few hours a week extremely privileged, but I don't really, it's hard to discriminate why the world cannot go trend in my direction versus um, dystopian. You know what I mean? If I'm presenting the optimistic case, what if we're all working five to 10 hours a week in 50 years? Yeah, but, but Kieran, like, I think that's where like your world is different, right? Like your hourly rate's probably pretty good, right? And um, for most people, their lives aren't like that, right? Like they need to stitch together enough hours so they can pay their bills, right? You just look at what percentage of income for a lower income person they have to spend on rent. It's going in the wrong direction, 
right? It's like 41% right now of their income goes to just covering their rent, right? And so these folks are working multiple jobs, which all have variable hours, and they're trying to juggle these, right? And it's super inefficient for them, right? Because they've got to factor in the time of moving between one yeah. job and another, right? And but I, I also think you actually brought this point up in the, in the article, um, but I, I heard it elucidated somewhere else, which is there's a set of workers that are below the API and there's a set of workers above the API. Yeah. And like if you're below the mm-hmm. Uber API um, and I'm using API super loosely, like let's not get super in the weeds. But effectively, if you're algorithmically having to be matched with your customers, you're kind of screwed. You're already screwed. And I think you made a point in the article, mm-hmm. which is that a- that threshold of being above the API is increasing, not decreasing. So more and more uh, professions, more and more people are having are going below the API, getting matched by uh, a company's algorithm or a company uh, is basically the middleman between your, the customer and the and the um, and the worker effectively. And when you're above the API, life is good. Um, people employ me because they're mm-hmm. employing mm-hmm. you know me, Kiran. But I, when I'm getting yeah, an Uber yeah. driver, I'm just I'm employing someone from Uber. I don't really care who who's uh, going to come and drive me around. And um, yeah, fundamentally, the world does seem to be shifting. Yeah. So so let, let's let's move move ahead a bit, right, and talk about the impact of, of AI, right. And I feel like you know we've been warned. We've been warned about this for years. Like this thing is coming for us, and it's coming for us all. Yeah. And chat gpt made that much clearer right like and you know if i just look at what it took to put together right the material that we're discussing today right that substack post that i did right i used multiple ai tools to make that happen right so what could have taken a staff of people right it actually wouldn't be possible for us to create this thing right right practically speaking right because or it would be not very good, right? Yeah, um, right, because like, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and we, yeah, we, either a the beat rate would go around, right? The go down just becomes a monthly thing, as we painstakingly do our research in the yeah. library, right? Like while we kind of like right while we're trying to find information, and I, like some of the artwork we've used just wouldn't be there because I, I know what my artistic skills look like, right? I just couldn't do it, right? So. On the one hand, right, it, it makes things possible that weren't possible before, right? On the other hand, it's coming for all of our jobs. And one of the things I realized as I was writing the article was like, there is, there's this kind of protected classes, right? Historically, yeah. right? Who would say that couldn't possibly happen to me because I'm, I'm highly skilled, right? And <laughs> I, I thought about a few things, right? Which was like just, just the impact of, um, on, on medicine, right? And I kind of saw it through, through two different lenses, right? One was, you know, doctors get better at doing their job. They get more efficient at it because they're now using AI to to make decisions, right? And well, what does that mean? That means two things, right? If, if AI is doing a good job, it means these doctors are more efficient, which means I can, they, right, the patient throughput goes up. So I need less doctors now. On top of that, if they're doing a really good job, people are getting less sick, right? So... That's another reason why I need less doctors, right? So, you know, gosh, you know, you can imagine there's a certain class of folks coming out of medical school right now who are going to be in a world of hurt, 
right? Um, yeah, the, the question you, I think we still have to answer is, hey, we are, gonna, we are definitely going to go through short-term pain. I don't think there's too many people who are going to disagree with that. But the fact of the matter is, if humanity is less sick, right? We, we spend less sick days, we're more well for more years. That kind of, that would have a, the opposite effect of what you're talking about. That would be more inflationary, right? That that would be, that would be a reason for growth because more people are thriving, have more, they're not losing money due to like painful illnesses or getting um, medical bills would go down. All those things are good things, right? And um, so those two things would balance. Sure. Sure, if they had something to do, right? And so all those well people, they don't even have sickness to keep them occupied now, right? So, um, like, if you, Dude, if you, um, you're saying sickness is a uh, form of employment, it's, keep, it's, keep someone occupied. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, so, um, uh, but but where I was going with it though was. It, it all assumes that there's something for those people to do as well. And, you know, I, I picked on medicine for a reason, right? Because it's like, well, these are people who we would think are highly skilled and should be safe, right? Um, and it's not that we're going to go to zero doctors. No, right? no, no. You know, just um, less, less of all of these. Right, right. So, but just less of them, right? So, um, but, you know, and that I, applies I, I, I up and down the that. Right. They'll all become like metaverse designers, creating virtual infinite worlds for everyone else to play in. Well, I, I asked uh, right in in the Substack article, right? I had yeah. ChatGPT create a job description for I think what I think is the only <laughs> job writer. left in the future, which is yeah. yeah, yeah, which is to write prompts for ChatGPT, right? Like you know, imagine being a it. chief prompt architect, right? You know. <laughs> And you can see like specializations, right, over time, right? Like this person specializes in writing prompts for medical care and like, yeah. you know, and they sell their prompts, right? You know, right. So, um, but that's, that's the only job left, which is, which is kind of worrying, right? And so, and then Karen, the, the other thing I was going to point out was, yes, historically, we've gone through, we've gone through these transitions, right? We've gone through, um, uh, these technological shifts, right? I talk about the shift from agricultural to industrial, yeah. right? And how it was a very difficult transition. But, right, people ended up with jobs, with a new class of jobs. And in fact, you know, if you look at all that stupid farm, was that farm protest in India? That was actually a fight, right, against like modernization, because 55% of uh, the Indian economy, of, of the Indian labor force, was uh, employed in agriculture, which is stupid, yeah. because the rest of the world seems to be out with 2%, or at least the Western world, right, uh, the US specifically, right, can manage to feed themselves with 2% of their labor, but in India, it takes 55% of their labor to feed them, yeah. right, and any move against that, right, was, was viewed with tremendous hostility, right, um, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a Modi fan at all, but I was like, I think he's got a point on this one, <laughs> yeah, I digress. Right, so uh, because if it's effectively the same argument, right? The problem is the reason it's so troubling right now is because all that labor is going to robotics and robots in like and servers. So between robots and servers, we might lose a lot of that labor. Whereas I think to your point, 
in the past, industrialization just meant people moved from farms to cities. And now there's like, where do we go from yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Back to the farms? Yeah, and, and I think we... Maybe we're all doing organic farming. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, we, maybe we just make well, agriculture just, take up 80% of our, our labor force from now on. Our good friend Nathan, right, uh, was talking about his dad, who's a farmer, and how little labor he needs to get it done, right? So that doesn't look good for us. And the other thing that's different between, between what we're facing and what we saw before was they were all going to go make some stuff, right? When they switched to the, you know, when they, when we switched to the, uh, when we're going through the industrial revolution, right? And um, this time round, we're all going to write chat GPT prompts, right? It's much more pervasive, right? And also the, the, even those people who were impacted during that period, which was not a short period of time, I don't think, right? Um, it, it, it impacted like, uh, a certain economic strata, right? Like it impacted working class folks disproportionately badly, right? Um, and maybe the yeah. cost of farmland and it sucked for farmers, maybe. You know, the timeline right? um, is actually but, a really uh, important part of this too, right? Because if it kept, it keeps on taking yeah. less and less time to make the next jump, and at some point when that jump yeah. is too fast for any reasonable human to, <laughs> to make, then we're just going to lose a bunch of humanity mm -hmm. to it. Uh, but the second point I, I wanted to make so, from earlier is yeah. just um, yeah. these AI tools are awesome if you assume that uh, they'll handle all the mediocrity and then humans get to be like ex extra smart people from now on. Unfortunately, Doing the fun like, bits. yeah, we do the fun bits, but like, dude, a lot. Most of us are mediocre. I like that's what I I don't think you know all the a lot of these influencers yeah. really grok is the fact that uh, we're just like regular people. And uh, yeah, assuming everyone can just immediately jump so quickly is just kind of preposterous. So we do have to figure something out. Well, and, and again, it's jump, jump to what, right? Jump to what, right? And yeah. so, so even if you look at our, our difference in opinion, right? Like kind of your more optimistic opinion, I think, is there's a transition period. We don't know how long it is, right? Uh, and that period is going to be awful. Right, uh, uh, pervasively awful because all strands of society uh, will be impacted, right? Yeah. Uh, but eventually we'll figure it out and we're going to have this whole new class of things to do that we never had, that we were never able to do before, right? Artists and musicians, my friend. I would say. <laughs> well, but even they've got a problem, right? Like, because now yeah. they have to prove, like, we have to buy into the whole handcrafted things, like the handcrafted potato chip. Like why I need my potato chip to be handcrafted as opposed to machine crafted, I don't know, right? Um, but right now with musicians, they're going to be competing with AI, right? And they're going to say, you know, my fundamental value is the fact that this was produced by a human, right? And therefore it's more special, right? Which I, I guess, you know, yeah, if I look at it like a sculpture, right? There's more value yeah. in, a, in a sculpture that was built by hand than something that was rendered through CAD, Right. Oh, for right, sure. So, and then you so, also have to factor and what in. What am I going to do? I'm not good. But yeah, I think you have to factor in. You can get better at any craft faster today than you could, like whatever, a hundred years ago. You have access to more books. You have access yeah, to AI. So, like, I, you can literally start it's, painting when you're like the only thing whatever left, ten. Yeah. If the only thing left, Kieran, is is the creator class. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I'm in a world of hurt. Because, <laughs> Dude, know, we joined the creator class when we started I'm, I'm the podcast. We, we, we're, we're fine. We, this is we true. have a freaking podcast. This is we true. We have a podcast and a newsletter. We're part of the creator class. Kieran, chat GPT, we kind of one weird thought we feed our substacks in, we say, have at it. And it just starts generating from us, for us, and it's actually better at it than we are. Now what? We we look I, at the chat GPT kind of output. We change a few words up here and there, and I'm telling you, that's a value add. Yeah. Our, our, that's our, the value add we're bringing? <laughs> that's, that's what we bring to the table, VJ. No. Listen, oh our subscri- our lone subscriber who remains after all the random weird thoughts that we filter them through, yeah. they're, they're going to see the benefit of the human curation that we, we bring to the table. That, that we bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've seen, like, it's not willing to push the envelope like I am. So, <laughs> no. So maybe this is the value. <laughs> the value is making you do unethical like it, things. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's like... It, it feels kind of awkward about stuff. Um, so kind of move, moving forward a bit, right? Even if we assume you are right, right? There's this period of time where there's tremendous turmoil and there's more people than there is work. Yeah. Right. But there's this, still this class of folk who are able to extract value from all these tools, right? Cause they have capital. Right, and they can use that capital to go make these AI engines produce things of value, right? To the mm-hmm. fewer number of people who actually have money to pay for them, right? So then that kind of puts us in an awkward situation, which is what do we do with all these people? And that's where, you know, and I, I should be clear because I don't think I was this clear in the Substack article. I'm very uncomfortable with this idea. I don't like this idea. I think it's a horrible thing for mankind. I should say that clearly. But enter Happy Helper, right? Um, <laughs> right, which you know, which is there to to help middle class people with life law challenges, right? For a nominal, and I kept having to jack the price up as I thought through some of the costs of this business. But for a nominal four hundred dollars a month. Right, you can have twenty hours of of labor at your door, you know, willing to do whatever it is you need this person to do. And this person who shows up, they're going to be insured, they're going to be clean, they're going to be wearing our crisp uniform, the crisp happy helper uniform with the smiley face on it. Right, and you are actually doing something for mankind when you subscribe to this service because you're helping this person. You're giving them food. You're giving them a place to live. You're giving them insurance. And you know what? They're grateful. They're grateful that they can work six days a week, 11 hours a day, um, and have a place to stay and get 2,000 calories a day of healthy vegan and cheap food because it's vegan um, provided to them. Right, so, and on top of that, they get a solid 50 square feet of living space, private living space uh, to live in. Uh, and I appreciate that you bumped that up to 60 when they're w- for couples. Yeah, I, th- I think I just arbitrarily went to 66. Yeah, because I'm worried. Like, housing these people 60, we got to give them 50 square feet. If it costs me 100 bucks a month to, for 50 square feet, 
for $100 a square foot, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, I've got to come up with that money. And mm-hmm. so um, got to feed them, got to insure them, got to move them around, right? Oh, so um, so I, I think what, what's really sick, right, about this idea, right, is that you can put this veneer over it, right, where it kind of feels, it feels like you're helping people by using this service. You know, like, remember, like, during the pandemic, it was like, you know, one of the most noble things you could do was go order food from a restaurant, right? Um, because, you know, you were saving that business, that was right? Terrible. Like, if it's that, only much worse. It's, it's yeah, that, only much, much worse. Yeah, 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 I'm taking to the next level, you know? What, what I found so troubling, I found so troubling about the idea is that you could actually see it happen. Like the branding was there. The, you clearly have worked out the economics a little bit. It's worth it, man. You need a little VC funding at the beginning just to start, you know, creating the virtuous cycle of having yeah, helpers. And, and, and I think... And uh, we can yeah. get this party started. Yeah. What, 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 one thing we didn't mention, one minor detail. If you remember the, the, the title of this particular podcast is something to do with indentured servitude. So there is one slight detail to the happy, ha- uh, happy helper business model, and that is the employees are making a seven-year commitment <laughs> to come work for happy helper. Um, and on top of that, they're expected to work, let's say, 11 hours a day, six days a week, right? And they're actually only getting in cash about $50 a month to spend however they see fit. Right, and so um, it is, in fact, indentured servitude. Right now, initially, I had um, thought about this as slavery, and one, I was extremely troubled uh, using that word, and two, it's actually incorrect, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's 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 indentured servitude. It's not slavery, right? That these people aren't owned by Happy Helper. Right, they are contracted to Happy Helper for seven years uh, in a very binding contract. Right, and so, yeah, so it's not as bad as slavery. I mean, I think the business model it the the business model definitely has legs, VJ. Like you could see the early collaborations with potentially prisons, right? Like uh, people who haven't been able to pay bail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all over the place, you can see it, right? And and I think the thing that was really eye-opening to me was as horrific as this thing is, we have, and as illegal as this thing would be, right, um, we have a model now for massive businesses breaking the law willfully and bending the law to their will, right? And the key lubricant in the whole thing was you're making their lives better of some middle-class folk. You're making their lives so much more convenient right, that it's okay if, you know, what we're doing is unethical. Yeah, you got to, fla- I love that disgusting. the flashy brand- branding makes me as a middle-class person feel a lot better about it. Like happy helper, feel better, perfect. Right? I feel a lot better. Yeah. And then uh, I'm thinking like to appeal to the VCs, we might have to go with something like AWS, but for humans. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I like it. Well, it's it's kind of like Mechanical Turk in three D, right? Like it's kind mechanical of like a moving Turk mechanical Turk in three D. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, but, but by the way, you saw I did have an Enterprise Pro SKU on there, 
right? Yeah, I was wondering. I can see us like farming out. There's no reason why whole businesses couldn't buy these labor forces. Oh, for sure. Like right, you don't you want know, everything to be in the cloud, scale. right? You want some on-prem resources as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, this right? would so, lend a whole. This is a term that I've always been uncomfortable with for some reason, but I just don't like us being called resources. Like, you know how in like planning in a software company, you kind mm -hmm. of just say, oh, yeah, let's yeah. three resources at it. But I think with Happy Helper, yeah. we get even closer to truly being resources. It is a, a masterstroke, PJ. Widgets. <laughs> oh, man. Widgets. Actually, and you could even see back to like last again. week's last week's thought though yeah. um yeah do you think that the east india company which to my mind is still the the model corporation when you think about ruining people's lives do you think yeah. happy helper has the has the ability to transcend the east india company because that's the ultimate oh, growth you, strategy you know what i think take over the that's country. a great question that's that's a great question. And, and I think, yes. And the reason why, no, I rescind that. I rescind my yes, and I, I'd like to turn it into a no, right? Where I was going to go was, you can see skews of happy helpers, right? Where you go get happy helper pro, right? And what you're getting is like an educated indentured servant now. Right, and I thought that that would be a differentiator against the East India Company, but yeah. the East India Company had a whole class of admins, right? They had a whole clerical staff, yeah. Right, and so um, neck and neck. Maybe this is, maybe this is what the East India Company should have gone for instead, and uh, and left India alone. So but on the other hand, you could global, you know, if there are any VCs. World, we can go happy helper for the entire world. Like, there's there's no reason this should be just for. Yeah, actually, actually, Kieran, I think you touch on an interesting idea, right? Which is, imagine like your model for happy uh, for happy helpers, right? There are those who you need physically present to do your bidding, right? And so those are always you know the local skew, right? And, and so those people are always coming to you, and they. Um, Right, like in a Western geography, right? Let's assume that Happy Helper is is really dominating the Western markets initially, right? Yeah. Um, right. So you're you're paying like kind of Western level of support costs, but you might have a set of services that you need that can be serviced in a low cost geo remotely, and then you have Happy Helper Global helping. You know, obviously Africans, right? And we'll kind of show these starving Africans because that's what we do. Right, um, <laughs> and show how we're helping them. We put a nice, we put a nice uniform on them, and we show you know their bright smiley faces, you know, with that kind of slightly racist vibe that we do, right, when we're doing these kind of uh, videos, right, and we show how great their lives have become, and then they show these, these, uh, they they do these little video snippets where this person talks to us, you know, absolutely adorable about how great their lives are being made by Happy Helper. Oh, uh, you know how they used to live in this shit place and now they live in this other place it's just so much better like this dormitory that we put them in it's so terrible i can actually visualize the commercials no it's so bad karen it's almost like we should start the business just so that nobody else will start it 
this could be our thing. This could be how in the chat GPT future, you and I manage to stay solvent. We run around the world, snap, creating horrendous businesses before anybody else does just to stop them from starting them. Yeah, we try to do the horrible business, but just 1% more humanely than the next person. Oh, oh my God, no, no. See, I always think about absolutely crushing it, but I don't know how we fund that. that that's a problem for perhaps another day. Um, so uh, that was Happy Helper. If there are any venture capitalists out there, I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, because, wow, is, 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 my, uh, is my closing statement. Definitely, wow. This was a... Unfortunately, there does seem to be opportunity here. And... That is unfortunate for all of us. I'm a little, I'm, I'm about yes, 10% more really... worried after this episode than I was before. So thank you, Vijay, for, yeah, Karen, here's, here's, for that. Yeah, I want to give you one kind of close, closing thought, you know, because I feel like you were just a bit too feeling, a bit too uplifted at the end of this. <laughs> here's what I see happening. Somebody hears this, some evil person hears this and they think it's a great idea and then they go do it then all these happy helpers one day they get angry and like, how do we end up in this situation and this ceo who's a real visionary and you know he's done a tedx talk and he's got that little microphone that matches his skin tone almost right mm -hmm. um unless he's brown then it doesn't match so well right and he could well be brown Right, um, and he's up there, and he's talking about his origin story and how he found this really obscure podcast, right? <laughs> that spoke about this and, and how they, they you know they asked for you know if there are any VCs <laughs> who are interested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, just like the uh, uh, French uh, Civil War, what's the word I'm looking for? Do a French Revolution. That's what I was looking for. Right. Okay. And, yeah. You know, okay. The Bastille, the aristocracy, you know, ended up in not yeah. good shape. Yes, that could be us. That could be us. I All think we should. Hopefully, by then we would have rebranded, so we're not creating the horrible ideas. But maybe we would have created the antidote to the Happy Helper program, and so we could be the faces of the revolution rather than Gosh. the oppressors. But that does seem tough. That's a that's a tough ask. Y yeah. Well, if it starts to take off, like we do our follow-up podcast where we thoroughly slag these people off and we're like, hey, we kept saying, don't do this. Yeah. And we'll, did they listen? We'll, no. uh, we'll distance ourselves from that for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Man, yeah. What, a, yeah. Well, fortunately, what a terrible but yeah. uh, thought-provoking idea. Yeah. I will struggle to sleep tonight. And uh, I, hope yeah, our, I, I, but I hope our listeners will, will, will sleep soundly knowing that we're, we're thinking of them. And we will do our best thinking to find yes, another and, weird thought. And you have our solemn promise that we are not going to go out and seek funding for this. <laughs> However, if funding came to us. That's true. Because it's all easy we, to be altruistic be about it right now, Karen, and say, right, yeah, yeah, I, look, I look at myself and I see a shallow human being, right? And what I see is, Karen, I see somebody who's, it's easy for me to say, you know what, if somebody came to me today and said, you want $50 million in, in VC money, I'd say 50, you could have me at five, right? But, <laughs> but 
it's one thing for us to talk about this, like, you know, uh, hypothetically, right? But I wonder how we'd actually act, right? If somebody said 50 million bucks, hand this thing over, we want it. Gosh, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if we said no? Could we actually maybe go on to Stephen Colbert and say, hey, you know, this guy came to us and we said no. He offered us $50 million and we no. said no. We'll announce it here first on this podcast. We and then guess. I think we should do a speaking tour with Stephen Colbert, uh, Jimmy Fallon, of course. Um, we turned out $50 million of funding on ethical grounds. And I, I would nominate us for the International One Weird Thought Humanitarian of the Year award at that point. And I think we'd get it. We would get it. Unanimously, of course. Well, yeah. Thanks, BJ. Yeah, As usual, it's, it's been weird. Yes, it, it has. So everybody, uh, make sure you check out our uh, posts on Substack. We have a One Weird Thought uh, Substack uh, where we discuss all these ideas uh, uh, in more detail. And uh, next week, Karen will be alliterating with the letter F. Which we all look forward to. And you've set an extremely high bar for um, dystopian futures. So I'm going to see if I can clear it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, Karen, maybe I, it's time for something just very optimistic. We yeah, need it. Who knows? I, I might go the complete it. opposite way. And then if you have thoughts, comments, and suggestions, send them to uh, oneweirdthought at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in the Perfect. next one. Yeah, this was uh, interesting, Kieran. Thanks.